On this powerful episode, we get serious about our health and fitness. As warriors, honing our mindset and skills that are very important. However, our health takes the top spot. Our special guest today is a man that exemplifies health and fitness. Dr. Brett Osborne is considered to be one of the top neurosurgeons and anti-aging and fitness experts in the country. This guy has over 40 years of experience in health and fitness, and he's going to pull no punches on this episode. He tells it like it is. He strips away the bullshit about dieting, supplements, exercising, and mindset. Join us in this deep conversation about living a healthy lifestyle. Stand by. Rise up a warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War. My name is Rafa Conde, and of course, I am your host, a man on a mission to transform you into a modern day warrior. Hey, check this out. If you have been hiding under a rock someplace and you have not heard about the Conclave of Warriors downtown Miami, December 1 and 2, well, get your head out of the sand right now. Go grab your tickets conclaveofwarriors.com. My brothers, this is going to be the most empowering event of the year. If you're an entrepreneur, a businessman, a CEO, a leader, just a warrior-minded individual, man or woman, you need to be here. Two immersive days. First day is going to be at the Ash Auditorium right there in the James L. Knight Center. Man, this is going to be mind-boggling. You're talking about a pumped up event, whoo-wee, get ready for it because this is going to blow your mind. If you are looking to strengthen your mindset, your self-confidence, if you are looking to lead yourself to success and lead others, this is an important event. You must be here. Now, my brothers, check this out. We're going to have a VIP party, an inner circle breakfast. We're going to have breakout sessions, Q&A sessions, and a PT session by Navy SEAL Ray Care right there by the Miami River. This is going to be something very unique, very different than you're used to. It's not going to be your regular conference or motivational event. We're going to be touching base with you on a one-to-one level. Get on board here. Go grab your tickets, conclaveofwarriors.com. All right, my brothers, if you have not done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. So important to continue trending higher. This podcast right now is trending higher every single month. And it has been because of your support. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, we have two episodes every single week. We give you some kick ass content. No doubt about it. Give me a follow on Instagram at man of war with two R's. All right. Without further ado, I want to jump right into this episode because there's a lot of meat here. Whip out your pen and paper and start taking notes. I'm telling you, this is one of those episodes. Stand by. Dr. Brett Osborne, welcome to the man of war podcast, man. An absolute honor to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. I do appreciate it very, very much. Looking forward to it. Awesome, man. I've been trying to get you on for a while. You are the expert when it comes to fitness and health. And and I love the fact, man, that you're going out there and you're saying things the way they ought to be said, right? No gray area here whatsoever. 
Nope, um, that's uh, that's something that is uh, integral to my to my philosophy. I've always been a, a straight shooter, whether it comes to um, whether it's uh, dealing with my age management patients um, or dealing with my my neurosurgical um, uh, patients. Um, you know, both of these things are are, are um, as we'll talk about very very similar, and my philosophy um, uh, sort of uh, is parallel uh, between you know the hospital and my outpatient practice. So. Awesome. So what we're going to do here, Brett, I want you to introduce yourself for our audience that might not know who you are. Sure. So um, <clears throat> my name is um, is Brett Osborne. I'm a, a board certified neurosurgeon. Um, I did my neurosurgical residency uh, at NYU uh, Bellevue. Um, I was the chief resident of, uh, of NYU uh, Medical Center Tisch Hospital um, at the time of the uh, trade centers. Um, we were the uh, some of the first responders um, at uh, at Ground Zero. I subsequently um, moved down to uh, South Florida, where I began uh, my neurosurgical career. Um, spent about five years down here, uh, and subsequently um, moved up to West Virginia, where I spent four, and then for the last six or so, um, I've been in practice in private practice for about fifteen years now. The last six, I've been at a, a level one trauma center, um, St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach, um, which are, um, where I am the, currently the uh, uh, the chief of neurosurgery. In addition to that. Um, I have a, a fairly robust, uh, what we call age management or anti-aging um, practice um, that I um, I see patients, elective patients in um, when I'm not um, uh, operating um, at St. Mary's um, in the context of trauma. So the age management practice, as we'll get into, um, is about bettering um, an individual, firstly, uh, from a biochemical standpoint, by showing um, oneself um the right signals, the signals that will optimize your biochemistry, those being uh, strength training, nutrition, supplementation, medications, and, and, and stress reduction. I spend um, a significant amount of my time um, dealing with my age management patients um, um, at this point. So um, hopefully I'll be able to supplant my entire elective neurosurgical practice with um, uh, age management patients. That's my goal. Awesome. So I want to shift hats a little bit. And typically, you know, we as a podcast, as a man of war podcast, you know, we're always constantly talking about the development of the warrior, the warrior mindset. But with that comes the factor of health, right? The factor of physicality, the factor of age management, right? And the bottom line is that when you look at across the board, I mean, for us to live as men or as individuals, men or women, to live a fruitful, optimum life, we have to be healthy. And unfortunately, the kind of information that we have out there in this world nowadays is kind of shitty, to be honest with you, because it's all over, you know, and... <laughs> You know, constant new diets are coming up on the map. You're, you know, people are kind of going from one diet to another, trying to change your lifestyle. So when it, when an individual like yourself, that's an expert in this field and has been pretty much on the same path, believing his beliefs when it comes to, you know, health and fitness, and you're going out there and you're saying, hey, you know what? This is the way that I truly believe it's going to take you up to that next level. You know, I'm going to open my ears and I'm going to listen. So what we're going to do here, Brett, is this. First thing that I want to talk about, okay, is in our society right now, the diets, the fads that, that are out there. I mean, what's your take on that? Right. So as, as you had said or alluded to um, previously, <clears throat> exactly um, that is what's going on. See, 
as much as we do like um, uh, the internet, um, what it has um, done is allowed for <clears throat> um, the little guy to um, speak to the masses. Um, and that has a lot of sort of negative side effects um, because the, the true experts, the guys who are in the suck, in the shit, okay, in the trenches, these are the guys that oftentimes, um, like myself, um, are not being hurt. Why? Because we're busy taking care of patients. The thing about it is that my taking care of patients um, also has to do directly with everything that you just um, said. So my practice has always been based on science and data. Always. Um, I always tell people one of the uh, sort of the, the byline of my practice or well, one of the bylines of my practice um, is just follow the science because it works every time. It's not 99 percent of the time. It's 99, not 99.9 percent .9 of the time. It's 100 percent of the time. It works. So you have to be careful. Um, uh, you, know, you have to be careful um, and very, very um, leery of the stuff that's being um, pushed out, promulgated on the uh, on the Internet by these so-called gurus, again, who have never written a prescription nor seen a patient. Um, and you have to pay attention to the guys who are speaking um, um, the science, the guy, the guys with the real world uh, uh, experience. You will see things like, let me give you an example. <clears throat> you will see things like uh, quick weight loss uh, schemes, gimmicks, whatever you want to call them, scams. Uh, you know, somebody's going to the prom in six weeks. They want to lose 30 pounds in six weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> that is terribly, terribly unhealthy. There's only one way you're going to be able to do that. You can do it, but there's only one way you're going to be able to do it in a non-physiologic way by significantly, significantly reducing <clears throat> your calories to almost nothing. And of course, your weight loss is going to stall. But what in actuality, what you've done is you've decimated your metabolism. And one of the things that is um, that underpins my practice is a very, very fast metabolism. You want to burn fat primarily as your energy source, but you want to not only burn fat, you want to burn fat fast. And the only way that you're going to be able to burn fat fast is if you maintain or amass muscle um, on the body. The process of amassing muscle by strength training, eating properly, also switch on, switches on hundreds of genes that are associated with longevity. So you don't follow what you see out there, which is low calorie, low calorie, calorie, low calorie. As a matter of fact, in my clinic, we don't reduce one single calorie. It really has nothing to do with calories. It has everything to do with signaling, and in particular, something that's called insulin signaling. So um, this is just part of the, um, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, the melee that's out there um, on, the, on, the, on the internet um, uh, in the context of, uh, of, of weight loss. Something else that we don't even um, use in my practice, that term, we use, the, we use the term fat loss because I don't want you losing weight in the form of muscle. So there's right, a right. ton, a ton of things that are out there um, that, are, that are just, I, I would classify them as, as misinformation. So if you're going to look on the internet, you better go to the guys that have the experience, not the guys that have franchised um, uh, some sort of uh, 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 name um, and are using it to push either their amphetamines, like the fen-fens, et cetera, et cetera, or these hypocaloric diets, okay, which do nothing except destroy your metabolism um, uh, in the long run. So you just have to be real, real careful. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you and I'm going to act like I'm, I'm your patient here, okay? Sure. Mid-40s, comes in overweight, maybe by 20, 25 pounds. 
um, you know, it's a little sluggish in life, doesn't really have the energy, wants to get fit, lose some fat, you know, not necessarily go and try out for a bodybuilding contest, but, you know, get some nice muscle mass, you know, trim up so he can live a life that he's confident, right? You can build that confidence. You know, what's the first thing that you're going to put a guy like that on? Right. So it, it's not even a matter of that. Everybody's a little bit, everybody's a little bit different. There's no stock protocol. Let me also just. My brother, it's just a quick break in the action here. I want you to get ready for the rawest, most empowering event of the year. The Conclave of Warriors, downtown Miami, December one and two. We're talking about two immersive days. Forget what you know about motivational events. Forget what you know about typical summits or conferences. This is completely different. We're talking about connecting with you on a one-to-one level for two full days. This event is designed for entrepreneurs, for business owners, CEOs, and of course, warrior-minded individuals from all walks of life. During these two powerful days, you're going to learn how to strengthen your mindset, your courage, your leadership skills, your self-discipline, and of course, your self-confidence. I look forward to seeing you all in Miami. Go grab your tickets right now. We have very limited amount left. Conclaveofwarriors.com. That's conclaveofwarriors.com. Interject, okay, or comment upon something that you just said before. This clinic, okay, which is different than a lot of clinics that are down here in Florida, which are I'll call fly-by-night clinic because the guys who run them typically are in jail within a couple of years for peddling all of their their drugs. It's just the bottom line. I've seen them come and go many, many times. This clinic has nothing to do with aesthetics. Okay, it has nothing to do with bodybuilding. I have zero bodybuilders in my clinic. I don't want them. Okay, that type of stuff is illusory. It's the illusion of health that they have, but nothing else, because their insides and taken from me, I've seen plenty of them. They're biochemical. It's this is a massacre. Okay, there's some of the That's most unhealthy people on this planet. Some of the most unhealthy people on this planet are bodybuilders, okay, for a variety of reasons. The cover of this book, okay, people think, oh, you're a bodybuilder. Nope, not a bodybuilder, not interested. This is the side effect of sound biochemistry and hard work in the gym, okay? That's it. It wasn't a matter of saying, hey, I got the six-pack. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, Zero. It was just to say, look, I'm a normal guy. I can do it. You can do it too. That's all. So in, in, in the, the circuitous answer to your question is <clears throat> we take a look at everybody. Everybody's a little bit different. Okay. Um, for the most part, we are the same biochemically. Um, but what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. But for the most part, uh, the same principles apply. So you have a 40-year-old gentleman who's obese. All right. Um, first thing I want to ask them is what are you doing for exercise? What's your diet look like? What are your daily stresses? Are you, are you, are, do you have a lot of uh, personal financial, psychological stresses? Are you sleeping well? Um, so those are some, just some, some basic questions. And then we start paring down um, and taking a look at, uh, in the context of their answers and uh, in the context of what we gather data-wise from the lenses that we use in our office. So laboratory testing, we take a look at their, at their, at their vascular system, uh, utilizing ultrasound, we use um, so we do what are called ankle brachial indices. We do uh, echocardiography in the office here. We do cognitive testing. 
We do body anthropometry testing. We just added on some VO2 max um, uh, uh, testing and some what's mm-hmm. called RMR testing through what's called gas exchange technology. So we gather a lot of data through a variety of lenses. And in the context of their presentation and what their goals are, um, and again, those are not necessarily aesthetic goals, we generate a protocol or a program for them. Again, most of these things are similar using strength training, nutrition, supplementation, medications, and stress reduction techniques to drive their biochemistry in the right direction to allow them to be further and further and further away from these diseases that we that fall under the, the, the heading or the guise of aging, cancer, diabetes, heart attack, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, you can call them whatever you want, they're the same disease. And when you get your biochemistry right, because you're showing your body the right signals, those five things, Okay. The aesthetics are going to follow. This is a side effect of health. All right. It's not a, a means to an end. Okay. You don't come here and say, I want to be a bodybuilder. I'll say, go somewhere else. Not interested. I am interested in keeping you alive in making you and allowing you to um, uh, share longer health with your family and friends. Right. To feel great, to have lots of energy, to have uh, to have great sex. Okay. And to not be Okay, and to have a, a brain that's working well, okay, 80s, 90s, okay, even past 100 years of age. These things are all doable if you just show your body the right signals and you get your biochemistry in line. Now, let me add one more thing because that's a long-winded answer. Do we use medications in this clinic to push the biochemistry in the right direction? You're damn right. I unapologetically use medications to treat risk factors for disease, not diseases themselves. This is a proactive stance and it's an unapologetically proactive, aggressive stance on these age-related diseases. I'm on the other side. Remember, I see these patients at the trauma center, right? I see people that come in with huge hemorrhages in their brain from uncontrolled hypertension. So I lay it out with those people. The 40-year-old that's obese that doesn't exercise, I always tell them, this is another byline for my practice. You can see me here, or you can see me standing over you with a mask on. Don't see me that way. Awesome. Very powerful, man. Yes. Very powerful stuff. So let's talk a little bit about estrogen. What happens when men have excess estrogen? Right. So we deal with, first of all, if you look historically, okay, at both testosterone levels and and estrogen levels, and yes, these studies have been done, or you just take a look outside, okay, what's running around, our kids, et cetera, et cetera, I have three kids, um, you will see um, that the males look a little bit more female-like than they used to 20 years ago. That is a product, okay, of higher estrogen levels. And historically, estrogen levels have gone up, if you look at them um, over the years, and testosterone levels have gone down, okay, if you look at them over the years. And I'm sure you've all seen these graphs, okay? But typically what happens is that when testosterone is going down, estrogen is going up, and oftentimes there's a causal relationship because as testosterone is going down or because testosterone, well, as estrogen is going up because a lot of estrogen is what's called aromatizing into testosterone. So testosterone is going down because it's being converted to estrogen for a variety of reasons, okay? So when males come to the office and they've got, you know, they've got boobs and um, they look, you know, know, endocrinologically, they look like a female. And I do tell them that and it's sort of an embarrassing thing, but it sort of uh, strikes a chord with them. 
the the high estrogen levels are manifested as excess body fat. Okay, you start developing, you know, uh, you know these man boobs, whatever you want to call them. Um, you can develop problems with your libido, so issues with performing in the bedroom. Okay, um, you can develop um, problems with your cognitive function. There are a whole host of things that can be attributed to um, both high and low levels of estrogen. Right, um, you can't necessarily say, "Oh, all of these symptoms that you have are due to high levels of estrogen," because that'd be a lie. Um, but you can certainly say that a lot of these symptoms potentially could be due to high levels of estrogen. So that's one of the things that we deal with in my clinic here, <clears throat> and we are very, very aggressive about driving estrogen levels down, not to the point where they're zero, which is what a lot of bodybuilders do. Dangerous, right? Because we do need estrogen for brain function, memory. Um, uh, uh, sexual performance, bone mass, and estrogen, as long as it's not too high, is protective of the vascular system, so your blood vessels. So you do need it. So there is a, um, there is a window um, at which males feel good, and that's going to be different for you than it is for me, but I can tell you that most males are pretty good, somewhere between um, 20 and 40. Um, and again, you have to be real, real careful because um, they can develop estrogenic side effects. If, if, as an example, we have people on testosterone, and we're, we do a lot of our males and females, um, and we're using estrogen-modulating drugs like anastrozole, arimidex, et cetera, et cetera. So you always have to talk to the patients and feel them out, and what works for you dosage-wise may not work for me. So we're always asking questions about, um, about sort of estrogen-related symptoms. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And what is causing, I mean, what is causing this spike in estrogen and lower uh, testosterone? Right. Well, that's a good question. Um, one of the, the primary reasons why we're seeing um, uh, adolescents look more and more um, estrogenic is because there are a lot of um, estrogen-like substances um, in our foods. All right. Um, you, can, you can Google this if you want to for as much as um, I don't care for the information, uh, a lot of the information on the Internet. This is pretty standard um, stuff. Um, milk, as an example, is estrogenic. The pesticides that are um, our, our fruits and vegetables, our produce, um, uh, are sprayed with um, are estrogenic. But you would be surprised at how many other foods have estrogenic properties. Here's another one. There are, there's this big trend nowadays, as you know. It's not nowadays, but it's it, it's it's been going on for you know for decades now um, on uh, being a vegan. Right? You probably know a ton of people. Oh, I'm sure, vegan. I'm sure. vegan. I'm going to do all these things. Well, what do they eat? What's their protein source? Tofu, right? Tofu. Um, terrible okay um any of these soy-based products edamame okay you stay away from those things like the plague okay you stay away uh, i'm not a fan of, of of vegan diets at all for a variety of reasons um one of which is i believe that uh, those individuals have zero 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 or less than zero chance of amassing any significant amounts of muscle um, because they're just not able to get the the requisite amount of, of of daily protein, if that makes sense. And you cannot you cannot use tofu. You cannot use tofu. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> there are um, a variety of other of other reasons, some of which are are exercise related. In my opinion, remember, exercise drives testosterone levels up. Um, so when we're not strength training in particular, right? Um, and for some reason, exercise nowadays has been supplanted by what's called activity, right? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Sure. You know, these these sort of low-level boot camps on the beach. Sure. Um, some of these machines that make life easy in the gyms. Right. That's not doing you any good, right? It's actually making you worse. 
right? Um, and that's keeping your testosterone levels down. And it's all about the testosterone estrogen um, ratio. Combine that with bad food um, and you get fatter and fatter, right? As you have less and less muscle on the body. And where does um, the conversion, primary conversion of testosterone to estrogen occur? Where does the aromatase enzyme live? Fat. Hmm. Okay. Good so stuff. it shouldn't surprise you that people that are leaner, people that are leaner, right, are typically going to have less estrogen. Makes sense. Makes okay. sense. Go figure. So what happens when insulin levels are either high or low? I mean, how does insulin resistance, you know, how does it affect our bodies? Right. So um, that's a good question. And, and one of the underpinnings of, um, <clears throat> of, uh, of aging and age-related disease is something that's called insulin resistance, um, as, as you're alluding to. Um, and that's the pre-diabetic state. But even before you're declared pre-diabetic, which would which would be um, which is arbitrarily defined as what's called a hemoglobin A1C. So it's this it's this laboratory value of 5.7, so above 5.6. That's a long-term measure of of, of your blood glucose control. Um, if you start developing insulin resistance, even if your hemoglobin A1C is not 5.7, even if it's 5.4, 5.3, um, you are less able to process blood sugar um, and remove that blood sugar from your vascular system. So the reason why it's dangerous, uh, insulin resistance, um, is because if you have, if your cells are relatively resistant to the effects of this hormone, insulin, that's secreted from the pancreas in the context of carbohydrate consumption, so you eat, as an example, sugar, insulin is going to surge and it's going to tell the body, the cells, hey, take that sugar that's floating around and either use it as energy sure. or yep. uh, store the excess as fat, right? The problem is, is that when you bombard your system constantly, constantly, constantly with this, um, it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Your cells eventually say, screw it. I'm not even going to listen to that insulin signal anymore. And I'm just going to let that, I'm just going to let that, um, that blood sugar float around in the vascular system. Well, what does that do? Well, if you can imagine, this is what I always tell my patients, you, it, the, the sugar molecules are scratching the inside of the blood vessels like this, right? So it's like sand going through your, um, going through your, your arteries, your arterioles. And what that's doing is that's creating damage. And as you know, when there's damage, there's inflammation. It's like being sore after a workout, right? You, try, you electively damage your muscles. They get sore because of the, the fact that they are inflamed. Well, if you're doing this chronically, on the inside of your blood vessels because you're eating Snickers bars and Skittles all day, right? right, right. Eventually, you're going to develop insulin resistance. You're going to have less ability to clear the glucose, okay, or the sugar molecules from your bloodstream. And let me ask you a question. What do diabetics die of? Do they die of because they have diabetes? What do they die of? They, they Type 2 diabetics because they're insulin resistant, right? So there's sugars everywhere and their blood sugar is 300 in the morning and 400 in the morning. So in the wake of what I just told you, they die of one thing. <clears throat> vascular disease because when there's inflammation and there's damage there's inflammation and then the way the body repairs the vascular inflammation okay or the vascular damage i should say is through what development of the development of an atherosclerotic plaque so a big plaque that's hardening your arteries you keep doing that year after year after year after year and you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack so it is critical that you are uh as insulin sensitive so that's opposite of insulin resistant as possible. So we use strategies in the clinic to <clears throat> uh, keep an individual as insulin sensitive as possible. 
I want, and we are checking your insulin levels. It's a blood test that we check. We check your hemoglobin A1C. We check your fasting glucose. We check what's called your LPIR score. There are four barometers of, in my clinic, and there are more of, of, of insulin sensitivity or insulin resistant. I want you as insulin sensitive as possible. Why? Every single little molecule that um, is put out by the pancreas of insulin I'm talking about, I want that to drive blood sugars down. I do not want you running around with high blood sugars. All you're doing is accelerating the vascular aging process and you're one step closer to stroke and heart attack. So how do we do that in the clinic? <clears throat> Lots of different ways. One, um, your, your skeletal muscles, right? Yeah, they look good. Okay, you got the abs and all the rest of the stuff. That's all cool and you can lift a lot of weight. But what are, what are skeletal muscles really doing? They are the body's best glucose disposal system. Right. Interesting. So when you do, I didn't know when you that. Do, oh yeah. When you do a glycolytic workout, okay. So your rep range is eight to twelve, okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I typically, I don't do that. Although there's a little bit in the protocol in the book where I'm a five by five guy. But glycolytic means we are our muscles are using predominantly glucose as fuel. So if you are working between eight and twelve, right, that rep range. And I'm not talking about lifting a book, you know, eight to twelve times. I'm talking sure. about well, your twelfth rep. Is hard, and I mean really hard. Okay, um, or you fail at that at that twelfth rep. Great, um, you are predominantly using, and that's typically a time under load. If you know about time under load training, that's sure. typically about sixty seconds or so. Okay, um, depending upon the muscle group, they vary. Quads may be a, a little bit more, maybe seventy-five seconds, etc. Okay, but for the most part, you're talking about a sixty-second time under load. So for those of you guys out there listening to this podcast, and I know there are zillions of you, um, that would be uh, akin to a time under load of somewhere between sixty and say. 90 seconds. Um, you are you are pulling glucose from the vascular system into the muscles. Why? To supply the muscle contraction, okay, through ATP production, okay? That's the cellular energy. You know about that, all right? So <clears throat> when you are doing those, you are, in essence, clearing the bloodstream of bad glucose molecules, all right? No, and I know you're thinking, wait a minute, we need glucose for energy. You do, okay? But you don't need excess glucose. That excess turns into fat, and it also destroys your arteries. So Getting skeletal muscle on your on your body is very very important as a glucose clearing mechanism. I use uh, uh, a low glycemic index diet here, so we're not feeding crap to people, right? We're not telling them, "Hey, eat sugars." Our glycemic index, our high glycemic index cutoff, is forty. That's aggressive, and I'm unapologetically aggressive about that. Oh, the bodybuilders eat sweet potatoes. I don't give a shit. Okay, no, you can't do that. Oh, the bodybuilders eat oatmeal. Same answer. Oh, the bodybuilders eat quinoa. Same answer. Oh, the bodybuilders eat rice. Same answer. Terrible. All of them. Okay. So if you go and you Google glycemic index, um, the glycemic indices of foods, 40 is our cutoff here. And I want people really, all right, less than 20. So what's less than 20? Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, that. What, green, what the hell can you eat then? Yeah, okay. All right. Let's go there. Great. So, so your glycemic, the glycemic indices of your foods, I mean, the glycemic indice, um, the foods with low glycemic index um, indices, um, cucumbers, tomatoes, okay, um, lettuce, onions, celery, um, <clears throat> trying to think of other things. Um, uh, basically, all of your green vegetables, your kales down there, um, and it can you can liberalize it a little bit, okay, but for the most part, I want you down under twenty. All right, and you can creep up to forty on your on your on your days um, where you are doing a lot of um, heavy lifting because again you are going to be metabolizing 
um, those carbohydrates quickly. Um, and I usually tell my patients to stack your carbohydrates for a day around your workouts. So up to 40, okay, but for the most part, you're having your carbohydrates are salads, okay? Your carbohydrates are salads. There's none of this, oh, I'm going to be real big and I'm going to get an insulin spike and I'm going to do all these other things like the bodybuilders. You're not a bodybuilder, okay? And that is not healthy. So strength training, nutrition, we use supplements, okay? The supplements that I use here to drive sugars down, cinnamon is a big one. Cinnamon about 15 minutes before your meal is a big one. There's another supplement that's called berberine, B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E, berberine. That's another big one. We use chromium here, okay? Um, and we also encourage people to, um, uh, if they're not having a, a fibrous meal, and most of these 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 uh, uh, complex carbohydrates that have glycemic indices um, less than 20 are um, fibrous, you can even use fiber gummies. Okay. Literally, you can buy fiber gummies and you can drive the glycemic index of your foods down. Interesting. Okay? So if you're going to have a cheat meal, have some fiber gummies before because it's going to slow the insulin. It's going to slow the sugar spike, okay, and therefore the insulin spike. And the, that po- what's called a postprandial sugar spike and insulin spike is what destroys your arteries. So strength training, nutrition, supplements. And then medication, okay? So medication, we are unapologetically aggressive, and I talk about this in the book, um, about using a medication that's called metformin. Um, I don't know if your wife um, had, had spoken to you about it because some people are all up in arms about this. I can tell you, and I will bet you one hand, my right hand, okay, as a, as a surgeon, okay, and this is my dominant hand, metformin will be the first drug to treat the, the disease of aging, okay, which is inclusive of cancer, diabetes, heart attack, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, you can call it whatever you want, it's the same disease. Why? Because this is a drug that lowers insulin levels, all right? This is a drug that improves glycemic control. This is a drug that protects the cellular energy, the cellular power plants called mitochondria, all right? Um, So that's the one drug that we use here to drive that number down. And then the last thing we talk to people about, we can't do it for them, is keeping their stress in check. When your stress is up, cortisol levels go up, you know about this, right? Not only do you get jittery, but you also get hypertensive from it, right? Your brain stops working sure, well. Absolutely. And your sugars go through, and your sugars no. go through the roof. I always tell people, people say, oh, stress isn't bad. I usually tell people, it's not. It's just as bad, if not worse, than having a diet that's laden with um, a simple carbohydrate. You might as well have three Snickers bars a day if you're going to run around with all sorts of stress. Boom, that's some great it stuff right there, man. To, yeah, it predisposes you to the pre-diabetic state, which leads to the diabetic state, which leads to accelerated aging and death. Does that make sense? 100%. So let me backtrack a little bit. So let's talk a little, little bit about, first of all, exercising. You know, you, you believe, apparently, from what you're saying, in, in heavy lifting and really stressing the body. You know, and there's right. been, like, like we talked about earlier, there's been a bunch of different, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, these design workouts were very low impact workouts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we have CrossFit, we have uh, all different types of, of workouts, but it l- sounds to me like you're big into going to the gym and just hitting iron. Right. So, <clears throat> again, um, and akin to what we said before about these, these, you know, these diets that are out there, whatever you want to call them, and I hate using that word, it's a D word, um, diet. Um, we have all sorts of exercise schemes um, that are um, crafted or wordsmithed um, by individuals who simply have not looked hard enough at um, uh, a history and what the data shows. And what the data shows is um, strength training, 
basic movements. So in the book, okay, get serious, five movements, squats, deadlifts, overhead press, bench press, chin, or a pull-up, okay, depending upon how strong you are, okay? Those are the things that I will always hang my hat on. They're never going away. In a thousand years, they're never going away, okay? I can assure you. All of these other diets, and I'm, I mean, all of these other gimmicks, um, these, uh, and I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to have any problems, okay? But we all know where I'm going, and if you read the book, you'll understand. Um, they are fads, and they will go away, okay? The injury rates, okay, the injury rates um, of uh, the one I was alluding to there, um, despite what they um, say during their congressional hearings, um, is around 50%. I take care of them. I take care of the injured individuals who participate in these um, fad-based um, exercise schemes. If you want to make progress in the context of uh, your strength, in the context of your aesthetics, your size, um, in the context of your ability to help your wife move the pot filled with 200 pounds of soil off the ground, stick to the basics. Okay, they are functionally very, I'll use the word, translatable over to real life. Do you actually think that Tiger Woods does the gimmicky stuff? No, he doesn't. And I'm not a golfer, but one thing that I do know is I've seen some of these recent guys, okay, um, on TV um, that win, and a lot of these guys have some size to them. There's a reason. There's a reason then they're not getting it by doing um, uh, yoga hanging from, uh, you know, the ceiling, okay? They're, do they're not getting it from that. They are getting it because I know the places, the places that these guys train um, are right up the street from me um, in Jupiter here. Very cool. These guys are lifting weights. Yes, they're lifting weights the proper way, the old way, the ways that made the guys strong 100 years ago and will similarly make guys strong for the next 100, 200, 500 years. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's great to know right there. So let's talk a little bit about, let's kind of dive down this road here. Is there such thing as a male menopause? Right. <clears throat> so that's a, a good question. I don't use that that word in my um, in my in my office. Um, you know the, the the word that they will use, um, uh, you know, in Time Magazine is you know is is the word andropause. Okay, like. You just use male menopause. They call it andropause. Um, I don't use that. Um, I don't believe that, you know, I believe that that's sort of a, um, uh, sort of, um, how would I, uh, it defines a finite time in an individual's um, uh, life, um, at which point everything sort of stops. Um, number one, that's not what happens in females. They start stutter stepping actually in their late 30s. Um, early 40s, um, as far as their periods, their regularity, et cetera, et cetera. And then they sort of go through their, these, uh, um, these, uh, these changes, um, hot flashes, um, irritability, mood, uh, mood lability, um, and then issues with their, with their, with their periods, et cetera, et cetera. And then they, um, uh, there are other consequences of hormonal decline. Males do something that's similar. As you know, it's not a full stop Okay. Once you re reach the age of forty-five, as an example, you start becoming um, less metabolically efficient for a variety of reasons. Um, one of which is a slowed um, or a lessened um, uh, hormonal output, uh, and in particular, um, uh, uh, testosterone. But it's all—it's really all the hormones. Um, and I don't like to use that th that term um, in my clinic because it's something that 
the guys in my clinic um, will be protected against, okay, um, because they are following the protocol. So we can keep individuals' hormone levels up, okay, testosterone as an example, even progesterone, males do need progesterone um, as well, um, and keep estrogen balanced um, by uh, sort of preemptively, right, launch. So if somebody comes to me, a male as an example, and the same applies for females, um, if somebody comes to me and they're describing all sorts of, uh, all the symptoms of uh, hormonal um, uh, decline, we are going to be fairly aggressive about pushing them in the right direction. No, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to leave here with a prescription for testosterone. There are other factors that need to be considered. So if an individual, if a male is of childbearing age, um, <coughs> planning on, um, on, on fathering children in the future, we have to be careful, okay, because testosterone um, can suppress um, uh, your sperm count. So are there ways around that? Or we can even use other medications. We use medications like beta-HCG, something called beta-HG, something called Clomid, which both of which will drive your production of testosterone up um, and not shut your sperm count off. So um, that's just one thing. Um, but there are a whole host of other things that, that go along with this male menopause or andropause. As I said before, um, it has to do with an individual's body becoming metabolically less efficient. You become less good of a fat burner because you tend to lose muscle as you get older because you're not able to exercise as well, maybe as much because of your career. Maybe you have a, a lot of stress in your life, which um, is an impediment to the um, one's ability to amass muscle. Um, you become more insulin resistant just because you're standing on this earth for, um, uh, you know, say 45, 50, 60, 70 years, even independent of your diet, the system breaks down. We are trying to push back against that system breakdown, make you metabolically as efficient, even as a 60 year old male, as you were when you were 20. And we have a lot of successes in this clinic. You should see some of the some of the testimonials on the um, on the on our um, on our Facebook forum. I mean, some of them are just spectacular. If you follow the science, it works every time. And there is no male menopause. There's no andropause. The problem is, is that in this society, um, certain folks, okay, and this is not about politics, um, believe that. This is sort of part of the natural aging process, and it's part of life. Well, I would argue and say to you, hey, we now have the medical technology to be able to stave off these diseases that are associated with aging and to be able to keep your metabolism grinding away as it was, metabolically efficient, burning fat fast, like I said, even 60, 65 70. I do have people upwards of 70, okay, who are doing spectacularly on the program and haven't felt, felt this well um, in 40 or 50 years. It's true. I love to hear we that. We have that ability that. now. Yes, yes. And it's all in the context of, sure, it's it's about physical betterment. It's about per, per, a, a betterment in performance, a betterment in your brain function, betterment in, in, in your libido, um, in a, a betterment um, in how you just feel your outlook. It's all the same. It's all the same. Healthy mind, 
healthy body. Love it. All the same. You fix one thing, you fix them all. Love it. Love it. So talk to me a little bit. I'm going to backtrack one more time here. Two supplements. I mean, the typical protein, creatine, uh, you know, uh, right. amino acids, <clears throat> you know, back in the 90s, that was like a big thing. Is that still right. something worthwhile? Right. Um, so that's a good question. Um, and I, I lived those days, uh, through those days, just like, just like you did. Um, you know, I've been at this for, uh, about 40 years. I started really, really early with this stuff. Um, there are not a lot of supplements that have been proven, um, uh, to work from the standpoint of, like I said, proven database, et cetera, et cetera. Um, supplements that have been proven to work. All right. Um, and there are, you, you can count them on less than, less than a hand probably, Creatine and whey protein, okay, are big, okay, um, are those, I, I would say, are the top two. There's no doubt that both of them um, do work. There is, there is, it's irrefutable, all right, data-wise. It is irrefutable. And that's what I always tell my patients because you happen to nail, you hit the nail right on the head. You happen to mention those two that I always tell uh, my patients about. Those are the two that we know definitively work. Now, and these are not necessarily, um, I'm not talking about things that are on the banned IOC list, okay? Sure, Forget sure. about those right. things, right? I mean, Caffeine works. Plenty of data on that. Most people don't take um, uh, the uh, the the requisite dose um, of caffeine to generate an ergogenic effect, though. Just so you know, okay? Because people always ask me, "Well, how much caffeine?" It's not you know, a cup of coffee doesn't do it for me. That's because um, the recommended dose, the ergogenic dose, the the dose that has been proven to work um, is five milligrams per kilogram. So. I'm, I'm, I'm not a heavy guy. I weigh, um, I don't know, um, you know, just let's say, um, you know, 80 kilograms. Okay. Maybe 180 pounds or something like that. Right. So that means I should be taking 400 milligrams of caffeine, which I do. And it does work. All right. But to say caffeine doesn't work and to only take hundred milligrams, well, you're just underdosing it. All right. So creatine does work. It gives you about a three to 5% depending upon the literature source that you use on a one rep max. It is not for glycolytic training. It, will, it has nothing to do with that, that energy system. It's for a one or a two, okay, because that's the system that's called the phosphocreatine system, which is different than the oxidative, um, uh, what's called the oxidative phosphorylation system, um, or and it's different than the glycolytic system, which is using glucose. The oxidative phosphor oxfos system uses fat, okay, but the 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 system that is um, that is uh, being tweaked by the creat by uh, uh, supplemental creatine is the the one or two, okay. That's basically it. It's a very very short burst. Um, <clears throat> Uh, types of training that somebody's going to find uh, benefit. So a cyclist is probably not going to find any benefit from 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 creatine. That being said, and the data is not out yet, but it will be um, at least um, at large. Um, one of the the other supplements that I believe has a significant amount of merit um, is um, are the oral ketones. So the beta hydroxybutyrate products, which I'm sure um, everybody has heard of now, because it's sort of um, it's 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 the craze now um, in the context of the ketogenic diets, right? And in my clinic, by the way, we don't use a ketogenic diet; we use a modified ketogenic diet, so a little bit more of a more of a carbohydrate load than is classically on a on a um, uh, like the Atkins diet, which is typically less than 25 grams. Mm -hmm. um, we we grade it depending upon how somebody how heavy somebody comes in, but typically it's between 50 and 100 grams of low glycemic index carbohydrates. But in that context, ketones um, are not only a terrific source of energy, and they probably ultimately will be labeled the fourth macronutrient, so proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and ultimately ketones, right? There is a caloric value to ketones. It's a very, very clean burn, like fat, right? So not a lot of free radicals released 
okay, damaging particles um, when you're burning ketones. Um, and not only um, do we believe that they're an excellent source of energy, right, um, but we believe that they're cancer, chemo uh, preventative, so they protect us against cancer, and they're also protective of diseases like Alzheimer's disease, so they're neuroprotective. Okay, so I believe that those are going to be sort of the the next ones that are going to be um, um, uh, sort of uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of literature published on on, on the merits and the and the potential um, ergogenic benefits of, of of oral ketones. What are the uh, common challenges that you see in patients coming in? <clears throat> so that's a very very good question, and that's a problem that um, uh, no one has really um, been able to solve. Um, and the, the the main issue. Um, there are two. Uh, one is accountability, so accountability to one's self, right? Um, and the other is, um, well, and it's part and parcel. Um, these two are obviously interrelated. Um, it's discipline when it comes to both um, training um, and being able to shut one's mouth, if you understand what I'm saying. Sure. Okay. So to just say no to the garbage foods, right? I always tell my patients I can control about 50% of them using um, medications um, and supplements because we, we can push the biochemistry aggressively um, in one direction using those things, but I cannot control that other 50%. And there have been, there have been um, uh, certain types of, uh, of uh, uh, I guess, modalities, you would call them, um, that have been trialed um, in an effort to um, improve patient compliance. Um, none of which have really worked, um, to my knowledge, aside from one. Okay, do you know anybody um, in um, Alcoholics or Narcotics Anonymous? I do. do you know anybody? Yes. Yep. Do, do you know them well? Mm, not not well like that, but I know I know a couple people. Do you know them well enough to know what they have to do every day? No, not like that. Right. So unfortunately. Um, doctors and, and nurses are um, are some of the uh, um, the, uh, the biggest uh, uh, culprits um, because we have easy access to this to these things. I've known a couple of people who have um, uh, two anesthesiologists during my training who died um, suicide um, because we have very very easy access. And a lot of these guys are unfortunately um, addicts, either to narcotics or, or alcohol. Um, and one of the ways that um, NA and um, AA forces compliance, and they, they're, they're both the same, um, is every single day, every single day, and there are no exceptions. Um, nobody is exempt. Um, the person who um, is, uh, is the member has to call their sponsor and check in, right? So that's the accountability, um, and that's historically what has, what has worked for them um, for, for decades. Sure, it's that um, accountability. They, wouldn't, they would have attended yeah, absolutely. They would have abandoned right. it um, had it not worked. And that's really the only way that I know of that will, with 100% certainty, um, force, um, enforce um, uh, uh, compliance. Because you literally need to have somebody with some of these people that are not motivated, um, and maybe they shouldn't be in my clinic. Um, you literally need to have uh, these people um, calling in um, every day and just sending them a text and saying, hey, I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, uh, I hope you haven't had any, uh, uh, any, uh, uh, you know, whatever, um, any ideas of, you know, going to the dark side um, today, et cetera, et cetera. It just doesn't do it. It just doesn't do it. Sure. So. Yeah, those 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 are very 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 big problems. And, and you know, take a look outside again. You know, look at the health burden in the United States. I mean, it's horrendous because people um, just at base level, they're just lazy and they're undisciplined. Done. Now, do you believe in having a cheat day here and there? 
Right. So that's a, that's another very, very good question. So I believe, no, I don't believe, I know, um, that if you are on a protocol like mine um, for um, 12 weeks and you are strict, you have developed um, what I call metabolic momentum, right, um, to the point where if you go and you have a cheat day, your metabolism is not going to derail. Now, here's the problem. In other words, go from a fat-burning metabolism to one that's back to the skittle-burning metabolism, right? right, right? Sure. Okay, that's basically what you're doing. Now, here's the problem. What happens is, is that people, and you know, um, you may know people um, who have done this because I know plenty. Um, people go on the protocol, and it is not a diet. It's a lifestyle here. We do not use that word because it's not. People ask me, well, when am I going to go off? Well, why would you do that? Why would you go off? Why wouldn't you want to stay healthy for as long as possible, be nice and lean, feel great, look great, et cetera, et cetera? Why do you want to go back to a diet that's, that's, that's being run on, on Skittles that you're throwing sure. into the tank? All right? So what you see is this. Oh, I went on the, um, I went on the, uh, the protocol and I did it for two weeks. And then you know I had three cheat days in a row. And then I, I, you know, I went back on for five days, and then I thought I was doing really, really well. So I gave myself another reward cheat day, um, and they're, all you're, all they're doing is they are not developing, okay, that metabolic momentum that I had um, uh, referred to before. In other words, you need to get your metabolism out to about twelve weeks in order to um, be able to tolerate a cheat day. So that your metabolism will continue to burn fat thereafter and not get derailed. The problem is, is that most people go on these things for a week and then they think, oh, I did so great for the week. I am deserving of a cheat meal. Wrong. No, you're not. You're only shooting yourself in the foot. Now you're starting at zero. That's awesome. Does that make sense? Awesome. It makes total sense. I mean, people just want to do, okay, let's, let's eat right for five days and then throw the week into shit, you know, and then just eat whatever we want. Don't even bother. Yeah, it's just not worth yep. it. All right, so yep. let's talk a little bit about you here. All right, give me your routine. I mean, from when you wake up in the morning to when you put your head on the pillow and kind of give us an idea of what you, you know, what your diet is like also. Okay, so um, I'm a, well, my schedule is disastrous. Whoever's listening here, okay, um, do not um, model um, yourself after um, after me um, because you know, I'm a, um, again, I'm the, the section chief of, um, of a level of neurosurgery at a level one trauma center. So somebody gets shot in the head, gets shot, shot in the spine, falls off a ladder. Um, uh, if Trump gets shot, okay, there's at least a 50% shot chance that I'm going to be taking the bullet out of his head. Okay. Um, because this is the hospital that he would, that he would be flown to. All right. So my trauma, and I take 15 days of trauma call, that's 24 hours a day, um, per month. So my schedule is very, very erratic. Um, there's a point here. Okay. So my, I will typically get up. Um, it just depends if I'm training, I'll get up at five and I train in the morning on a fast. Um, I'll get up at five. If I'm not training, um, I may get up, um, just a little bit later, maybe around uh, six or six fifteen. All right. Um, I'm not much of a breakfast eater, but I try to get some, um, you know, some food in, um, I may have a protein bar, um, and a cup of, uh, of coffee with, um, heavy cream and some stevia. Okay, so again, those are low glycemic index foods, right? And the protein bars that I use um, are low glycemic uh, uh, index um, protein bars. And then um, I'll either go to the office or I'll go around at the hospital, um, go operate, do whatever I'm going to do. And during the day, okay, between you know that time um, and you know uh, say ten o'clock at night, 
Um, I am uh, trying to get my macronutrients in, basically um, dealing with my family, dealing with with work, um, and at the same time trying to stay as as well hydrated as I can. I stuff my supplements in when I can. Um, I I take a ton of supplements in the book. Um, I mentioned uh, 10, um, but I take way more than 10. I'm not talking about 10 capsules or tablets. I'm talking about 10 varieties of supplements, but I take way more than that. That's a very, very, that's a, that's a rabbit hole unto itself. And it's a very, very deep rabbit hole. And I take a lot of medications and things like that. Why? Trying to keep my biochemistry optimal. Um, but the bottom line is that between say five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, um, sometimes even later, I am trying to, um, get my work done. Um, uh, spend some time with the, with the family, um, not, um, uh, sustain, um, too much brain damage myself because stress levels can go up. Okay. Um, obviously depending upon what's going on and I'm trying to, um, make sure that I'm supporting my, my body and recovering from my prior workout by getting my macronutrients in. So if you're asking me what my, what my macronutrients are, I mean, I live a low glycemic, um, index. I, 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 uh, I eat a low glycemic index diet, exactly what I talk to my patients about. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm constantly eating protein bars. I'm eating protein cookies, like as an example from quest, um, I'm getting my fats in, um, by using, um, uh, MCT oil. Um, I'm using, um, I eat a lot of nuts, um, and the carbohydrates I keep, I mean, excuse me, and the uh, protein I get, um, excuse me, and the carbohydrates I get from, um, a, a variety of sources, but typically, um, uh, salads and, and vegetables. So for me, it's very, very instinctive and I sort of have to go with the flow based upon what's going on in my, in my office and in the hospital. Um, but I'm trying to maintain as much muscle on, uh, as I can. And one of the ways that I know that I'm doing a good job or a bad job at that is number one, I look in the mirror. Number two, I check my, my blood work. Um, and number three, I'm always looking at my performance in the gym. So, um, if I can't, um, perform, um, the way I, I had performed, um, last month, we've got a problem and I may modulate my sleep, my diet, um, based upon that, because it's just, it's yet another lens that I can look at myself through. Does that make sense? Totally. Let's go back a little bit here. Tell me nuts. There's always been a little bit of controversy about what nuts you, you should eat and what, what do you, what do you prefer? Yeah. So, um, I, 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 I pretty much call bullshit on that stuff. Um, also, um, you know, uh, walnuts are good. Um, I recommend almonds, cashews, um, uh, peanut butter, natural peanut butter from, uh, like as an example, whole foods. Um, that's the stuff that I, that I recommend. So I, I have never really, um, uh, sort of, um, fallen a victim, um, to that, um, to that literature because I just don't think that there's, um, enough clinical data. I just think it's unsupported. Now you got to remember in the context of what we said about the internet and the gurus and all the rest of this stuff, people are going to hang their hat on one stupid thing. Like don't eat nuts. Okay. Because I'm the nut guy. I don't care. Right. I don't care. My patients eat tons of nuts. All right, tons and tons and tons and tons of nuts as a good source of fat and to a lesser degree protein. Uh, I don't know of any problem. I, I just don't. So, so as, I think as, as far as fish, chicken, meat, you're good with all that. Yep. <clears throat> so, yep. So uh, fish, great. Okay, you want to? I'm not a fish eater. All right, but um, you want to eat small cold water fish in the highest concentrations of omega threes and the least amount of toxins. Okay. You don't want to be eating things like swordfish every day. Bad idea. Okay. Um, bad idea. Tilapia is a bad one also because of the, um, the, the constituent fats. Okay. That it has the profile. You don't want to, you don't want to be eating tilapia chicken, um, uh, a piece of lean red meat. Ideally you want to get the grass fed, um, uh, uh meats, cook them on low heat. All right. In, in olive oil. Um, I have no issues with that. 
Um, I'm not one of these guys who's going to say, don't eat red meat ever. Um, it is associated, intimately associated with colon cancer. So I don't want people eating red meat um, more than um, once a week, even if it's cooked properly and, and it's, and it's grass-fed. I usually tell patients just stay away from it. Not that I have a problem with it, okay, but I have a problem, you know, in the context of its nutritional makeup, but I have a, a problem with it um, because of its intimate association with, with uh, colon cancer. And that's proof, positive, data-based, n- no question about it. Done. Great stuff right there. All right, so where can our listeners follow you and where can they visit you to get uh, in the best shape of their lives? Sure. So um, we are located, my clinic is located in, in, in Jupiter, Florida. Um, the direct number um, for those that have a, uh, a pen, pencil, paper is 561-935-9233 if you want to use the phone. I know a lot of people don't. Um, the Website, you can either go to www.drbrettosborne, and that's B-R-E-T-T, and it's D-R, not doctor, spelled out D-R-B-R-E-T-T-O-S-B-O-R-N.com, or, and that's going to mirror you over or, or link you over to a site that's drosborne.com, so D-R-O-S-B-O-R-N, I own both of those um, URLs, um, and obviously the contact information is there, you can email the office um, there. As far as my book is concerned, um, it's called Get Serious, um, and it's available uh, on uh, Amazon. You can get it there. You can also get a, a signed copy for those of you who want a signed copy um, on the um, on the website um, as well, and we'll we'll sign it and and get it mailed out to you. So um, we're very very readily uh, uh, accessible, and we're happy to answer um, and field questions um, to those that are uh, interested. Keep in mind that the protocol um, uh, once you get into this office. It's aggressive. It's unapologetically aggressive. Um, your gray hair doctor with the stethoscope, as I always call them, may not agree with anything that I say. All right. Quite frankly, I don't care. Okay. Um, it's not, you know, we have thousands of patients, okay, who can testify uh, to the merits and the benefits and, and the transformation, um, the transformational effects of this of this protocol um, on, uh, on their lives. So um, for those interested, um, we are we are here. Awesome. Do you have a group or anything like that where people can go sign up for anything? <clears throat> right. So if you go to, um, if you go to, uh, I can probably pull up the URL here. Um, let me just find out what it is currently because it it has a tendency to migrate around as we um, as the uh, digital um, backend um, evolves. Um, we have a, an interactive um, a Facebook forum, which is run by myself, um, your buddy, former Navy SEAL, Ray Care, a dear friend of mine and business partner, um, my significant other, uh, Melissa, um, his wife, Tricia. Um, we have about 1,600 members, um, and uh, you, can, you can hop on there. Um, you know, for, for sort of, um, you know, to interact with us, all sorts of tips, tricks. Um, it's interactive. Like I said, you can ask questions, you know, we answer them and it's actually fairly timely. So usually get an answer within a couple of hours, which is, um, uh, a far cry from what, uh, you typically will see on these other, on these other Facebook forums, um, bulletin boards, whatever you want to call them. And the, and the URL is, uh, HTTPS, um, forward slash colon forward slash forward slash it's go doctor doc it's you go dot dr brett osborne.com so g-o dot d-r-b-r-e-t-t-o-s-b-o-r-n.com uh forward slash join j-o-i-n hyphen 
frog. So frog is the name of the group, and it stands for, um, it's obviously a play on words, um, um, sort of paying homage to uh, the guys like Ray who are standing, um, and you as well, who are standing um, uh, in harm's way for all of us. Um, so go.drbrettosborne.com forward slash join hyphen frog. Frog stands for forever reaching one's goals. Awesome. For our listeners, I'm going to go ahead and put all the links uh, to, on the show notes for Dr. Osborne's book, um, his uh, clinic where he's at, and also for the uh, Frog Group. So go ahead and uh, scroll down to the bottom and uh, hit the links. It'll take you right there. Doc, man, it was an absolute honor to have you on. So many things, man. I, I know that we have an open book here to talk about for hours. Likewise. And I really appreciate you being on. I mean, certainly some oh, yeah. great Yep. tips here. Uh, a lot of things that I didn't know that I took notes and certainly uh, we're going to have you back on soon, brother. I was going to say, let's, let's do it again. I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And um, you know, I, um, the more people um, we can help, even if it's for just um, advice this way. Okay. You know, you blasting it all over the place with your um, very, very popular podcast. Great. Okay. The more guys that we can help. Okay. The more gals that we can help better their lives, um, the better. So I do really, really appreciate, um, the invitation. Um, and I commend you, um, for what you, uh, what you're doing for, um, the guys and gals, um, out there. And again, thank you very, very much for your service. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. And we're going to have you back on soon. Boom. There you have it. What a great conversation with Dr. Osborne. This guy knows his stuff, no doubt about it. I know that I took some notes, actually quite a few notes if you see my uh, notebook in front of me here. I hope that you did too. Remember, it's all about implementing, integrating this into your life, right? Especially when it comes to the health side, when it comes to the fitness side, you got to take action, right, to change the way you feel, to change the way you look. All right, my brothers, hopefully you got some great stuff from here. I know that I did. Remember, give us a follow on Instagram at Man of War with two R's. And of course, I want to see you in Miami, December 1 and 2 at the Conclave of Warriors. Go grab your tickets at conclaveofwarriors.com. All right, my brothers, until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.